Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your small and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? You know, lots to discuss, lots happening. You know, first off, we took on Leicester City at the Emirates Stadium, a very understrength Leicester City. And, you know, me personally, now you felt I was, you know, rubbing my hands together before the game. It was the last game, of the last game of the weekend before there was, I know there was other two games afterwards on the Monday night. But looking, you know, at the table when Arsenal was supposed to, before the kickoff, I was like, you know, if Arsenal can get the three points here, we put a gap between Chelsea and Man United. And then we also, you know, catch up to Everton and, you know, probably one point of top spot. So, you know, exciting game. When I saw the lineup as well, a bit of a change of formation. I thought, okay, you know, this is Arsenal's opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I also, to be honest with you, I also went to the game thinking, uh, you know, we're going to be watching a more free-flowing Arsenal, like, you know, attack-minded. And, I mean, for me, boy, I was wrong because even without Vardy, you know, from the start, maybe nothing, you know, it's kind of one problem out of our year. So we can, uh, you know, focus, as you said now, having you know, this, like, strong, what looked on paper as a, quite a strong squad. And, I mean... I think the the first uh, warning signs already came, I think, in the second minute where uh, the ball gets half-cleared by Ben Leno and uh, Madison. I think he, he just bends the shot, but I think it was just over from about 35, 40 yards. And I mean, for me, right there, and then alarm bell started ringing. And it's like Leno has just been rattled from, you know, that uh, outing at, at, at Vienna. And I mean, it was like panic stations again. And, and, and for me, I think, I'm not saying we had to sell there, you know, but, you know, Martinez actually made us feel a bit more solid at the back. I don't know if it's just me, but it just seems, I'm not critiquing Lena. I'm not saying he's done or anything. I'm just saying that he's going through a real bad patch now where, you know, it would have been nice to have a Martinez right now where you can just put him in goals maybe for a bit just to kind of, you know, take the pressure off Leno. And like you said, you know, really started off alarm bells and you're starting to think, okay, Arsenal, don't throw this away. Just, you know, stabilise things. And I mean, I, like my thoughts regarding Leno, you know, with, with playing the ball from the back, with, with Martinez, I think it, it, it seems more, <coughs> excuse me, more fluid, the passing. And yeah. Whereas with him, he like takes the ball on and he's trying to, you know, it's like, uh, you know, do like Kano used to do when he used to like, <laughs> people. You know, I'm thinking, why do you just get the ball out of your feet? Because the, the movement is so fast. And uh, look, I, I know I'm going to jump the gun a bit, but also when you watch him, like with distribution out of the end, uh, uh, he's always, if he's like, say, get obstructed by one person, you'll just stop. And like, just as I said, just to jump the gun a bit, when you watched Runason last night, I mean, of course, that's not that biggie of a game, really, or a thing. But I mean, he's throwing the ball like 30, 40 yards already out just to get that. that movement going forward. So yeah, I, definitely. It's, it's, it's going to also lead into later on this conversation with, you know, with Arsenal or Teta. And, but I just think the, the movement should be more slicker, flow faster, because you then you do hurt teams. But if you're going to keep on trying to like draw people onto you, but you're also not feeling that comfortable, then, I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, football suicide. Then. But then, yeah, yeah go on. No, 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 you carry on. I'll, I'll, I'll eat on a point. I want to just touch it after you when you're done saying your thing. But, uh, you know, fourth minute, we then managed to get a goal, which then in, ended up getting scrubbed off by VAR. But, I mean, even 
what what was kind of frustrating on that that moment as well or that point in the game. You also don't know how that goal could have changed it because when you see a different angle of it, Granada Chaka is not interfering with anything because if anything, the two of them are on the same line and he was trying to keep himself totally, you know, not interested in any activity towards the ball. So the ball should have, you know, I mean, many pundits even say that goal should have stood. And VAR. No, that goal should have stood. It was a clear goal. I mean, you can even see that when when Xhaka, I mean, like I said, he entered the ball, you know, Peter, they did like a thing. I don't know if you had Ian Wright and your studio cast was because um they they did like some thing that Peter Schmeichel's vision. I'm not Peter Schmeichel. Casper Schmeichel's vision after the ball flicked, and you don't see um Ajaka in his vision at all. And like you mentioned, you know that that game probably opens Leicester up a bit, changes Rodgers' game plan, and. You know, why not to Arsenal? The scoreline should have been, and it would have been a totally different game. But instead, you know, it allowed Leicester to keep on being more compact. And my biggest issue, and it's the point that I wanted to bring on, is that almost like David Luiz almost became our biggest playmaker. And it's a problem if your centre back is almost your biggest playmaker, and you rely on him to make something happen. Because I watched the game in the Champions League. I haven't been really watching Champions League much since we've, you know, haven't been in the Champions League. I maybe watched you know, the big games here and there. But I watched Dortmund play, and I haven't seen them play, like, you know, in a long time. But Watching watching them play, they play this slick, fast football. The players running to spaces, taking the player on, dead passing, running, moving like that. And that is something Arsenal need to get into the the game because they kind of playing too scared, too risk averse, and they like just too static. No, because I mean, you know, with with regards to the game now, you think to yourself, okay, you got some sort of control or position of the ball, but it's the minute to. But by the time you know our first few chances started fighting, fighting, you could see Brendan Rodgers had him already sitting the way we got you know frustrated at Aston Villa just before the end of the season, where they were just sitting, waiting and waiting for the chance, and and you could see we were almost like getting sucked into all this. And as you now mentioned with regards to David Luiz, that was almost like the only outlet really with the long ball. And I mean, okay, you had your opinion of of. You don't think it's it's good, you know, like you were using your your say the defender as your center point of attack. But I just think the way they were set up, our midfield was already going to get nullified. So it was going to come down to the front three runners. No, I, I I agree with like with this, but I mean it's just it's just becoming almost like a recurring theme. It's like they don't have any other imagination. If that, and we'll get to it as well in this game. But um, I just think that Arsenal need to have some sort of other, you know, means of attack. Yes, David Luiz thing was working fantastic. And I think if we had to take our chances, I mean, it would have worked even better. But I just think we were missing that other link in the midfield to kind of pull the strings there besides that. Because, I mean, if they start figuring that plan out as well, then you'll see, I think Arsenal will, will struggle even more. And I mean, for me, look, uh, leading up to, like, you know, going through the, the, just faltering through the first half, we were, you know, missing off chances. Things yes. were not being struck, right? Even though we're lucky as it ended up having a, a headed chance, it ends up almost like off, you know, almost like with his head connecting the ball, it's almost like it takes the power from the cross that was actually coming in. So it almost like it just looped into Casper Schmeichel's hands. And I mean, we, we then go to the, the second half. Lacazette, of course, continues from the first half also with, with uh, yeah, just let me see, yeah. So he ends up just, you know, randomly tackling people, giving away silly fouls and stuff like that. And 
you know, for me, it was also building up the frustration. And it, so, you know, um, David Luiz ends up getting injured quite early in the second half. He gets substituted by Mustafi. And I mean, for me, right there, and then I think many Arsenal fans, I mean, you know, joking or serious, you know, their hearts kind of drop. Yeah, I'll, I'll just like keep on like, you know, this is the point I actually wanted to touch on now because for me personally, I think that if 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 David Luiz goes off, right, look what happens to, to Arsenal right now is they became flat. They became almost a team with no idea. And it is almost like when I think I heard somebody says like when Brendan Rodgers saw, hang on, David Luiz is injured. Mustafi is going to be at the back. You know, there's a chance over here. Uh, let me. I was maybe saving Jamie Vardy for the 70th minute, or you know, 65th, 70th minute. He's thinking, hang on, Jamie Vardy, warm up. I think we can actually get something from this game. Yeah. So then we switched our attention into on the hour, and actually, you know, the, almost like the man of the hour then came on. It was then Jamie Vardy made his uh, entrance finally. And I mean, I think then, then besides the with Mustafi coming on, <laughs> hearts dropping. Now, of course, the pulses get racing because now you think it's a different sort of animal you're gonna have to play. And you know, immediately the commentators were already saying he's gonna now really start stretching the Arsenal defensive line. And I mean, they nailed it on the head there. Then. Yeah, it's it's like you know, you you, you saw party. You know, he, he was getting involved in there, but he wasn't that same free flowing player. It's almost like he was playing with a chain on him because he's the type of player you need to just let him at home. You know, you, you will you will be at the right place at the right time, but just let him go to his thing. You need someone like you know who can play with him, who will kind of just you know balance that out of him, almost anchor him while he just does all the dirty work, almost like similar to what Kante does. You know, you can't just keep Kante stationed there. Kante goes everywhere, and I think that's also where Arsenal kind of you know started losing things, is because we were very flat, very static. And to be honest, I think we missed out on any of it actually in that midfield. You know what? What is also I mean, last season I think it was kind of fine to deal with it, but. What is what I'm noticing and, and, and what's kind of frustrating is like you see Arteta doing this almost like reactionary substitutions where he sees the one team uh you know making a substitution which is like a vital <laughs> and then he just throw kind of throw because I mean he ends up throwing uh Pepe on for Saka but okay Saka was hobbling so but I mean now he waits for that time once you know the the, the heat was started you know get turned on us now he's like starting to make or trying to be proactive then. Yeah, and it's almost like he brings Pepe on and then you, you kind of, when you hear Saka um, going off, you're kind of thinking, flip, you know, are we going to create something now? Okay, can you just keep on talking about the, the match still? Because I'm just going to, uh, I think somebody's just at the door quickly. Okay, no, I'll, I'll keep on discussing. It's just, um, this, this Arsenal side is, is starting to be very dependent on a youngster. And it's just you, you, you can't uh, you can't go that way because if you're going to continue doing that, you saw what happened with um with, with David Luiz. You're dependent on him to kind of be your attack focal point, which is you know like like Morne mentioned, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm sure most of you guys, listeners out there as well, are very frustrated that your your your, your key man to make something happen is is David Luiz. I mean, they bring on. They bring on um, Saka. I mean, take off Saka, and you depend very much on Saka now because 
if if if, he's, if Saka doesn't make anything happen, you kind of screwed for that. And then Pepe comes on, you think, okay, Pepe, can he do something? And you know, lo and behold, if Pepe comes on, you know, he, he, he flatters to deceive once again. And I mean, like 68 minutes, and Bellerin has like a fantastic shot that he ends up firing at the Leicester goal. You know, one of our few attacks <laughs> gets parried away by Kasper Schmeichel, but you've got a really sense of dangerous building also. Yeah, and, and, and while you just started, the, the later the game went on, you could feel, you know, this could be a smash and grab for, for Rodgers because it was like his whole plan started coming together. You know, take the game as far as you can at no no and then try to look for an opportunity because Arsenal will give you one. But, you know, I've, for me, I was actually thinking between, say this, uh, I say 70th and 75th minute, either right there and then Arsenal should have made already the tweak, either information or with players, you know, bringing on just to change things up because we were kind of getting predictable or really predictable. Uh, Pepe wasn't really doing anything cutting edge. And, I mean, Aubameyang was just being faded out of the game. Yeah, it, it started getting really frustrating. And to be honest, you know, when it got to, a, I think it was the 70th minute, I just thought, you know, where's Arsenal's goal going to come from? I mean, Sebeos was having a nightmare. You know, he's supposed to be the creative spark. Yeah. Um Aubameyang is was literally, you know, nowhere near the goal. I mean, he should be on the shoulder of the centre back, and I just couldn't couldn't see where this goal was coming from. And 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 the more the game wore on, I thought, oh, flip, Leicester probably going to score somewhere. And I mean, in the real kind of kick in the gut moment, 80th minute, uh, Leicester go on. It's, it's sort of, I mean, it was such a also a very quick counter attack. Kieran Tierney is kind of caught. You know, on on the back foot, he can't really make up the the pace. I mean, yeah, of course, he tried to turn and tried to catch up to the Leicester sub, substitute Chengus Under. But I mean, by the time that guy was already, you know, almost like in full speed already in full sprint, he's now going. Tn is trying to catch up, and of course, Gabriel seeing now he has to somehow, <laughs> you know, make a, some sort of snap decision. You can actually see uh, Gabriel pointing to Mustafi to pick up. Jamie Vardy, and I think Mustafa is about two to three feet ahead of Jamie Vardy. And in that time that Gabriel was already trying to close uh, under, there Jamie Vardy starts speeding off. And I think, as a replay showed then later, Mustafa is not sprinting, he's actually jogging back. And I mean, by the time the ball gets crossed by under, it's not really an inch-perfect cross, because uh, Jamie Vardy ended up having to almost like do a stooping, diving header, and he guided the ball past Leno, one or Leicester, and Mustafi was still running towards the Arsenal goal. <laughs> but you can just see the urgency between the attack and our attack. You saw how Jamie Vardy passing a cut to get in the box, where we don't really do that. And we don't... Uh, I don't know. Oh, you can see earlier on in that first half, where Lacazette missed that chance, almost on the goal line with Fuchs. Where he yes. ended up putting his head away, and letting Fuchs kind of get ahead of him, and, and don't want to kind of bully him off the ball. And I, I think one of my friends, and I think I still told you about it, I said... Uh, you know that my friend actually told me, you know, Jamie Vardy would actually taken that, like, like a smash in the face just to get his head to the ball to score. Yeah, and and for me, um, it, like, I, I just couldn't believe that Arsenal didn't um, manage to, you know, put all hands on deck to get the equaliser. It's almost like Leicester didn't have to, you know, you know, it, you know, you've seen many times Arsenal sometimes go behind at the Emirates. It's natural. Things happen like that. But it's almost like there wasn't that, 
you know, all hands on deck. And sometimes in the past, we still used to lose a game, but where Leicester's clearing the ball off the line or they're having keepers making save after save. And, like, you know, it was, there was nothing like that. It was just the game was dead once we conceded. Yeah, and then, of course, as I said, the, what, what kind of annoyed me somewhat, the year again, you get the Arteta reaction because now he takes off uh, Kiritian and he throws Eden Ketty on in the 81st minute, like, you know, a minute after conceding. And I think, it, it, well, uh, there was, I don't know if you saw, there's also a moment that somebody ended up picking up and then put a clip on Twitter where the ball is getting played amongst um, Xhaka and Sebayos, but they are overlooking in part of the, like part of the whole time. And after a while, you can actually see him just like, you know, like gesture with his arms. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm fed up with this because, you know, part is the one that's going to get you that driving force forward. Yes. You're using yes. that, that, that guy that's your ace in the hole. You, it's all like throwing it by the way. You said because you want to do your own thing. And that was if you read, because I mean, I thought to myself, I would like to know what, you know, pay a penny for his thoughts right now, Thomas Party. Yeah, because I mean, I feel he's probably thinking, what the hell did I get myself into? I mean, maybe I'm over exaggerating, but I mean, you come in two games lost and, you know, Arsenal hanging in the doldrums. And it's like, right now we need to get Partey more involved. He needs to be the driving force in the team. He, he He's an engine and he can drive the team forward. And I just think with him, you have a player who can just push this whole team forward. And... We, we, we're supposed to be making the defenders, you know, the old Arsenal would would never allow, and I don't like to say the old Arsenal, like refer to the past, but the Arsenal we know is that a team that will push you and push you. You will see players pulling up with cramp of the opposition or things like that. It's like they, they can't handle it anymore. I remember Jamie Carragher said after one game, he felt like he was playing against 12 Arsenal players. And we just don't have that anymore. The, the teams don't fear us. They know we can sit back. It's going to be easy. There's nobody going to run it. There's nobody's going to, you know, make me fall over my feet or, you know, gas me with with pace. Just stand flat. Players will just pass, pass, pass around. And we'll frustrate them. And we will try to make something from something happen. And then, you know, they pinch a result or they pinch a draw. Yeah. So, we then move our attention to the Arsenal Europa League fixture. Arsenal was Dundo, which was played last night. Um, you know, going to the game, I was also expecting a game. I don't know. Sometimes I do get a hit of myself. But <laughs> I was expecting a sort of, you know, a real backlash, like, you know, a real ruthless backlash. <laughs> and I was thinking of, you know, anything like a, a four or five plus goal difference just to, you know, almost like kind of vent the anger, but also, <clears throat> excuse me, you're getting players now that were kind of out of form in the previous game or, you know, those that are coming in, especially like with the, with the, um, you know, the normally set up now for the Carabao Cup since Arteta now did make the changes like bringing in Runa San Cedric, uh, Kolasinac, Maitland Niles, uh, Elneny, Waldock, uh, Nketiah, and Nelson. So I was really thinking, you know, these guys all have something now to prove. They want to now come in and, you know, do the business. But, you know, you watch our team like Dundalk, they're semi semi pro team, but I mean, they didn't look like. A team at semi pro, they looked way organized. They actually knew what they were doing. They were, you know, getting the ball across the field, actually through the field at times as well. And I was thinking just also again making heavy weather of the fixture because way too many touches. And I mean, something like it's something to realize here constantly now. This is, you know, the kind of problem or gripe that we're having where the ball is not being shifted faster through the lines. And I mean, especially like say a semi pro team, I mean, I'm sure you. Look, in your time, you played football and you sometimes playing a team that's, say, a league or so below you, 
you can actually see the fitness levels are a total, uh, you know, night and day because with us, we were like trying to make it more laboured and that, and I think it was off, just play the ball quicker, yeah, tire these guys out, and then you, you know, pick them apart. But slow, slow build up, and, and it's starting to become annoying. I know that there's there's no excitement in our play. Uh, there was at the time, but there's just no excitement that in our play. And you know, you you're thinking that Arsenal's going to give you know no no disrespect to Dundal, but you you expecting them to give him a good rollicking, and you're thinking you know it's just gonna you know punish them. No, like but it's like there was like you said, there's labour people that want to you know make it known that I want to be starting on Sunday against Man United. It's like we're happy to get the spot in the Europa League, and that's it. Like nobody really you know stood out. I think Reese Nelson for me kind of yeah. seemed like he was you know somebody you could maybe put into the starting eleven because he was moving, running with the ball, making it a bit difficult. I think he was actually tiring him out. I mean, I would expected more from Pepe as well coming yeah. in, but. But I Pepe for me that at first, especially uh, for like even first 40 or so minutes, the East Corners were pathetic. I mean, the one hitter side. <laughs> yes, I thought of you eh, when I did the side. I think I thought you must be, you know, so pissed so, off sitting in your chair watching I was, that game. I was losing it. And then, um, you know, when I, I just thought that I think it's a message at the half time where I, I, I told you, I mean, I just think his, his attitude at the time, I mean, you're already fighting for your place in the squad. And now you come with this like, kind of nonchalant attitude. You're trying tricks when you shouldn't have. All you're doing every time is cutting inside. You're also showing them. I mean, you don't even need to study like videos because once you see a run of Arsenal games, you already know, okay, this is his, you know, this is his bread and butter. That's all he's going to do, try to cut inside. He's never going to try to beat us on the outside. And that's sort of something because, as I said, you know this is like, you know, say a baller in there, but... I don't know, maybe he needs, you know, extra heat put on him in that position or something before he actually snaps out of it and he actually sees, look, I'm not guaranteed a, a start here. Because it looks like, I don't know, whatever you're trying with him, nothing is really, you're not really getting the best out of him that you know, you know, what he was like doing and outperforming things at at, at, at Lille. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's been under two coaches at Arsenal and it just seems like his performance is... Are the same, yes, and and I and I know you know maybe some listeners will disagree with us because his numbers tell you a different story, and you know a lot of people say you know his stats prove different thing, but a player of his caliber, uh, you would say on the price tag, you know, it's you're not going to just have him for that moment. You need him to actually make the defenders work because if he makes the defender work, you get the more out of Lacazette, you get more out of Aubameyang, and you get more out of like you know more players, but it's like. He he very goes into his shower and he just plays in fiction fits and starts all the time. Yeah, so Arsenal end up do breaking the deadlock in the forty second minute. Goalkeeper really fails to make any decent connection on the ball. Ball ends up spilling against his own player and setting up and get here to finish from about four yards out. One last one. Yeah, he's, he's trademark finish. <laughs> you know, I'm a very critical, and I'll put my hand, I'm a very critical of Kitty a lot of the time, but I'm still, I, like, you know, when he scored that goal, like, for me, you know, you, you got the goal, and he broke the deadlock, and stuff like that, but, you know, when, whenever he's on the field, I can't see him doing something out of nothing, or, you know, making a run off a defender's shoulder, and beating a one-on-one, or, you know, curling yeah. a shot from out of the box. It's only goals like that he's able to score. And if you want to play a guy like him, you're going to probably have to have a strong, very midfield behind him to create those type of chances for him. Yeah. And then two minutes later, uh, Joe Wallock ends up bamboozling some, uh, the, the 
uh, Dandok defend, um, yeah, defenders with some fancy footwork gets himself into the box and fires a rocket shot into the roof of the net. Two no Arsenal. Yeah, and I think at that point you knew, okay, you know, Arsenal, are we going to see a, you know, a, a bunch more of goals come second half and, and, and players' confidence lift up? But, you know, going into the second half, I know we scored very early on with Pepe curling with his with his weaker foot. You know, after all the criticism we give him, but oh I God. mean, what I was saying, <laughs> you know, you criticised yeah Pepe during the course of the first half, and they already got, got the two of the three goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you can't win because, like, you know, there's more in these players, man. Yeah. It's not they just. I mean, you can't. I mean, I know people will say, "Yeah, but look at this stats; it's proving." But you need a bit more than that. You need that's going to open up defenses and make it easier for your rest of your team. Because if you do a job like that, you open up and create more space for your team. But it just seems like you know, even with Arsenal going this game three 0 up, you're still watching this game and you're you're not thrilled by it. You're not going, "Wow." Okay, here's another goal coming. You're just looking at this game and you're just watching the time amble on. So, also then, 61st minute, make the double substitution. William and Sevilla is coming on, and Pepe and Mustafi coming off. So, Arsenal, of course, reverts to a total, total different defensive line with El Nini and Xhaka, of all people, playing in central defense. <laughs> but, I mean, that being said, I mean, they actually did look a bit more comfortable on the ball. They were moving and they were also getting the team even further higher up the pitch because I think when, when Mustafi was marshalling the defence, they were, you know, it was like sitting too deep and allowing, you know, the the, the random or sporadic um, Dundalk attacks to actually come up to the Arsenal box, whereas El Nene and Jaco were like keeping the ball, the, the line so high. It was almost like on the off line or even just inside the Dundalk half. Uh, in the 74th minute, Jaco then comes off, Kearney enters the fray. Nketiah comes off and, and uh, Balogun makes his uh, debut for Arsenal. I mean, of course, very low-key. Yeah. Arsenal then end up, you know, seeing the game out and running a 3-0 winners. Does that mean Mustafi is going to be playing on Sunday? <laughs> they took him off <laughs> for so early to arrest him. Well, I mean, it doesn't look good for David Luiz. Um, ah. Rob, Rob Holding, I think, has just gotten back to training again. Uh, I, I, I am a bit upset because um, Maria's again uh, had some sort of recurring problem, so he's now out for a few weeks more. But I think Callum Chambers is actually the most positive feedback from injured defenders. Is Callum Chambers? He looks already because I mean he's been, you know, doing shooting practice. He's already training with the first team, doing the match, uh, you know, training as well. So, I mean, it looks good in that sense. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We're probably going to have to have some sort of makeshift, makeshift thing coming this weekend. Like, not makeshift really, but, you know, probably Gabriel and Mustafi. And then I think from after that fixture, then we can probably look at some of the other guys slowly coming back into the squad. Because I think with, with regards to Louise, they actually just want to see if that, you know, that, that sort of swelling that they had on his thigh can almost like settle itself over the next week or so. Ah, I mean, it's a big loss. I mean, Mustafi, you know, he, he played very well up until his injury, but it just seems like it's a mistake waiting to happen. I think Gabriel, you know, he just needs some sort of partner with him because, like I mentioned, Tony Adams said, you know, you win titles with a back four. And we just need, I think, TN is solid. And then you have your likes of Gabriel. And I think, you know, Paladin still needs to up his game a bit more. Mm. And then you could have a decent centre-back partner 
which can you know solidify that back four. But right now, I think you know, as we will go on to Old Trafford, Man United's attackers right now are are flying high. I mean, they are confident. They are putting things away. Mason Greenwood, Rashford, and my big worry is Mustafi for this game because he has the ability to be probably a run ragged. And I'm probably I'm just saying this because. Um, and I just want him to play well because whoever seems we give a hard time on the podcast, it's like they listen to it in the changing room and it's like motivation for them to prove us wrong. So I just think Mustafi may struggle actually against the likes of Martial, Rashford, even Cavani coming up probably against him. Nah, I mean, Martial's got the band to serve, so he that game. Oh, still, still the better than Cavani. You'll probably get the nod. Yeah, so I mean, Arsenal unbeaten against Man United the last three matches, two wins and one draw. Um, <clears throat> I still find it crazy that we, you know, we got, we, we kind of came off now two league defeats already in games where we kind of playing within ourselves. Uh, then we come up against Leicester where we now try to be more attacking. There we also get in you know, <laughs> punch. So now we, you know, we're sitting our eleventh in the league, and I mean, I just nothing. You know, you know, United on radar form. They're already going to the game on this uh, that streak that you know just mentioned. Where since they six one driving to Spurs, they are actually looking more solid. And <clears throat> one thing that I actually took note of, I didn't really look at it too much in the beginning, but I actually went now back with the stats and that um, that Mac- McTominay and Fred they actually are formidable. Yes. Part. So I mean, for me, Arsenal, especially Party and whoever's going to partner him in that match on Sunday. They're going to have their work cut out to not only boss them, but also, you know, kind of drive them further back into their own half and to set up our attack. If you think it's Arsenal aren't giving defenders and even, you know, defensive midfielders, you know, thinking twice. They're not making them think twice. You know, they know that Arsenal's not going to pose much threat because if I'm a, a defensive midfielder, I'll dive on forward. If Arsenal still eat us on the counter, I know that their players are going to turn around a few times and then look for a sideways pass. I can get back into position. So, I'm just worried that, you know, that the, the same thing's going to happen where Arsenal's just going to play within themselves again and, you know, allow United to come away with the three points because then I think, you know, it'll be not only doom and gloom, but there's Arsenal fans, I think, will be more humbled because come the start of the season, even after the Liverpool defeat, I felt, okay, it's fine. You know, you take it on the chin. Mm-hmm. After the City defeat, you're like, it's okay, it's Man City away from home. If there's two games, I would lose the season. It would be against those two guys mm-hmm. away from home. Now we're throwing a points against Leicester. And now if we lose here, yeah, I think we'll be humbled completely as Arsenal fans because I expected greater things than what I'm seeing right now. So, I, in the, to be honest, before this international break, I was rubbing my hands together waiting for this Man United game because I thought we were going to smash them. But now, it's amazing what happens after international break. And I don't feel confident. What I've actually learned from watching the United-Leipzig uh, game on, on Wednesday evening, uh, it, it was almost like a kind of throwback to uh, us under Wenger because it was like uh, they were going... You know, trying to go toe to toe with United, and United <laughs> were just, you know, rubbing their hands and, and picking them off. And the same way we used to get tonked at, at City or uh, Chelsea or Liverpool or whatever, we had, it went up to like five or six. So I just think we have to be <clears throat> way more cautious. I'm not saying now just, uh, you know, play within ourselves, but the sort of cautious approach that we did in the FA Cup semi final and the FA Cup final, that sort of approach 
gets us, you know, something out of the game. Because I think right now, as I think you mentioned already that that city game already, where you just said even if we go away from from the Etihad with one point would be already some sort of success, just to you know get us on that sort of uh, stretch where we uh, you know go on a sort of run. Yeah, and well, what's your expectation? You know, if you walk, if I gave you a point at Old Trafford right now, would you walk going like ah, you know? A point, you know, we could have gotten more, or you know, you take a point and say, okay, you know, we haven't had the best of past two games. We take a point and we build on now from this. Yeah, I would actually take the point because when you look at, at some of the mistakes that the the defense are capable of making. I mean, if you think of just just a quick throwback to City, where Bellerin almost like overruns the ball, gets himself totally wrong-footed, and allows uh, Foden and, and I don't know who else, yeah, Foden to come inside and they have a pop it goal. Or the same with um, another Leicester game where you've got Mustafi, you know, almost like kind of blinking, and by the time he opens his eyes again, Vardy is gone. So like, moments like that where you, you kind of lose hope for a sort of, you know, defensive showing where I thought we would have some, you know, going into the season, would have a more solid uh, backline. But but you put that down to individual errors or coaching errors, like a co- tactic error? I think it's just down to tactics because for me, the if, I don't know what was the other day, I think that being sports, they showed the sort of gap between the midfielders and the defense. And they said that, that gap between them is way too big. And that is what so like teams like, like Leicester take advantage of, Man City take advantage of. And they get into that little pocket, that space. And the, that is where they really hurt you because they've got, you know, the creativity that can, you know, pick you apart with a killer pass or a lofted pinpoint cross. And I think Mike Dean's refereeing the game, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, he, pen- he gives the most penalties, and, you know, United are, are, are love penalties. I think it's a stat that they have gotten three times more penalties than Arsenal at the moment. Yeah. And with that, we switch our attention now to the Arsenal-Malta game. Not too much to talk about, really. Um, they are flying high at the moment. They won something like five in a row already. And... I mean, I just think, I mean, they're the most dangerous players. Leke James is like a four. He's got eight goals already for them. And I mean, they're like second in their domestic league. Almost like also on a real flying high uh, uh, cloud now. So, I mean, it's not going to be an easy game for us either. So, I mean, I just think get a positive result to see United, whether it's a win or a draw. And I mean, you know, it takes, you take that positivity going to the Thursday night game, so it's a home game again. And, you know, we take it from there then. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, like the batsman, I always refer to it as, as like we got bowled out for 32 ducks in a row already. So let's hope this innings, you know, we can kick off to a good start and, you know, kind of lift our season from where it is at the moment. I'm not saying we're dying in the dumps, but like, you know, you, you, you can beat Mulder and, you know, because I don't you can look further ahead and think to yourself, okay, guys, we need to push on now because... I think, you know, it's going to be very demotivating if, if we get tonked at, at, at Old Trafford and you win the Europa League again. I mean, yeah. you know, it needs to kind of be like a, a, a two positive results because I don't know how you're feeling yeah. at the moment, but I'm just like not, you know, I'm feeling a bit down at the moment. Like, I felt sucker punched on Sunday night. Yeah. And then, uh, like, just on the round of another podcast with, you know, like the last talking point, which is, uh, you know, the last month or so, like speaking now for myself, I mean, I don't know how you or the listeners also feel, but I mean, I'm also like watching, you know, when you watch Arsenal, it's almost like being underwhelming watching them play because yes. it's like 
where is that, that sort of football, that, that quick slick passing gone? Because now everything has gone slow, it's gone back, it's gone almost like what do they would normally say, crab football. So where or what is his real plan going to be with the squad? I don't know. I, I read I read a rumor that I saw that um Arteta wanted to get that Asim Oa mm-hmm. and, and Edu wanted party. So, you know, I don't know if that messes with his plans, but better these plans. But like I don't know actually, you know, the way forward, like I don't know, do you, like it's it's scary actually because like do you see Arsenal playing another way? Do you see us moving to a slicker brand of football anytime soon or do you see Arteta changing that because it doesn't seem like it can just be a quick fix overnight. Am I wrong in thinking that? Or, or is there some positive spin you can put on it for me? No, I mean, uh, personally, I feel the same way you do. And I mean, you know, I'm always somebody that's yes. for the brighter side of things. But I I mean, like when I watch them play, it's almost like, if I can put it in, in, in basic terms, it's almost like he's at times spitballing it on a match day in the game. <laughs> so it's like, you don't know, I mean, Look at that for, like for me, that they're trying that experiment with William as a center forward in the uh, city game. You can't do that. I mean, if it was like, say, somebody like, say, the Dundalk game, you can try a thing like that. And you think, okay, it maybe works here. We can maybe try it the weekend or whatever. But you can't come try like yeah. out of the blue. Like, of course, leading the training, leading up to the match, they probably experimented with it. But I mean, you, you, you need somebody competitive to do that sort of trick, like that, not trick, but sort of tactical uh, tweak. But uh, it's almost like last night also. Why play two holding midfielders in a game like that? Yeah, I just did one set and you play two creative mind players next to each other and, you know, you can try to make the most of it. I mean, maybe somehow bring says Fabregas back from Monaco <laughs> because I just think we're missing a player like that. And um, I, I don't know how it's going to change. Is it does, does Arsenal sacrifice Lacazette and play a bombing up top? Because that probably means Lacazette will be frozen if that works. Lacazette probably will be very difficult for him to get his spot back in the team. And oh, you know, we lose the player. If you go, Aiden, like you go, something like four, four, one, one, something like that. We can actually accommodate both of them. But I mean, yeah, that, that that could work as well. Yeah, but I mean, I'll end the podcast now. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. If you have anything to say. Uh, What's, do you have anything? So, yeah. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I just hope we can actually just get the result and, you know, bring some positivity back because, I mean, we, our podcast up until now has been very positive and I think this, you know, the results that happened now with Leicester, I think just maybe, it took the wind of our sails, but yeah, let's get back at it and, you know, positive result for the weekend. No, hope we get, uh, hope you take care, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Bye. Cheers, guys. Enjoy the football that's happening. <laughs>